you know what we got to do this week, Eric? What? We have to play that wave file. Which one? Oh, yeah, from the Laravel Daily guy. Yeah. Greetings from the geographical center of Europe, Lithuania, Baltic states. This is Povilas Korop from Laravel Daily. I've just listened to your new podcast episode and honored to be mentioned on your podcast with my Laravel Daily blog for the second time already. This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. In this episode, we are going to discuss uh, PHP 7, uh, new Laravel 5.2 features, Let's Encrypt, Laravel, uh, Flexbox Froggy, and JetBrains. I'm Eric Barnes. And I'm Jack Frew. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. So, Eric, uh, the big news of the week seems to be that there is a new version of PHP out there. That is right. PHP 7 got, got released uh, last week. Well, that's awesome. Now, uh, you know, I haven't actually had, I, I feel kind of bad, I haven't had a chance to work with PHP 7 uh, yet. I, I've been kind of wanting to, but it's been pretty busy. And at the same time, I always kind of have this hesitancy of like, do I really want to update this project? Because if it doesn't work, then I'm putting myself in for like a lot of fix-it work that I don't have the time to do right now. I don't know if you've, have you ever run into that? You do software development for a living, right? So that's, that's it's, it's, it's really standard, certainly in the corporate world, right? How about, you know, in your space, like at Userscape, do you guys kind of, hold off on new releases right away? Yeah, we do. Well, ours is um, is basically an on-premise app. So what we sell, people download and put it on their own servers. Sure. Um, and then we're moving to a, you know, to a SaaS app. But because we have to support all the way back to, I think we're at five PHP 5.4 now. Okay. But, um, so we we get to take a little bit of time to make sure everything works on PHP 7. So it's, it For doesn't sure. have to be instant or anything like that. For sure. Um, but no, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. I'm, I, I know uh, Homestead already has support for it, so uh, you know, so testing it out should be pretty easy. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I've actually read a little bit about it, um, and there are some, you know, there's some breaking changes in it, right? It's not guaranteed that you just plug this thing in and go. What I've been hearing the most of, and I'm sure all of you listening have, is that it's twice as fast, right? But what's interesting is that there's a lot more to it than just being twice as fast. There's uh, there's a whole bunch of little changes. There's some things that will break code if you've done certain things, like they now have new keywords that you can't use in your own code, things like that. Eric, one of the people that I saw online uh, that had done something in the way of uh, of PHP 7 that I thought was kind of interesting was this guy named Colin O'Dell. Have, are you familiar with Colin's work? I am not, but uh, I, I did see he wrote a book, right? Yeah, he wrote a book on upgrading uh, PHP 7. I looked over it, and uh, it looked pretty good. So uh, what we did is I, I reached out to Colin to see if he'd want to join us to talk about it a little bit, and uh, and he agreed to. So uh, so here's here's a little discussion with Colin. Hey, Colin, how's it going today? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks for joining us on the show. For those of the people listening that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick brief introduction to who you are and how you got started with this uh, this project here? Sure. My name is Colin O'Dell. I'm the lead web developer at Unleashed Technologies. We're a web and hosting firm based out of Columbia, Maryland. And I really got into this project. Um, it kind of started with my involvement with the League's uh, Markdown project. So uh, Phil Sturgeon approached me about a year ago. I had written a Markdown parser, and he wanted that to be introduced into the League. And that kind of kick-started my involvement in the community. And I started following the community more, getting more involved watching these RFCs for new features come across my email. 
And the more I saw um, all the cool stuff coming in PHP 7, the more I wanted to learn about it and the more I wanted to share that. So that's kind of the reason why I ended up putting this book together. Awesome. So uh, speaking of the book, so your book is called PHP 7 Upgrade Guide. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit first for people listening. Tell us where we can get this book from. Where where do they go find it? Sure. The best place to get it from, just go to php7book.com. Okay, php7book.com. And is there anywhere else it's available, like LeanPub or anything like that? Yep, you can also go to leanpub.com slash php7. Okay, and how much are we talking for this book? Is this a $1,000 book, a $40 book, uh, you know? <laughs> I wish. Uh, it's only $8.99. Okay, $8.99. So I, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. Now, uh, the, the book goes into uh, pretty good depth on this upgrade. Like, I, I have to tell you, when, I, uh, when, I, you know, when 7 came out, I started looking for resources on it. I knew that it was faster. That's been the big headliner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't realize was that there were so many other changes. If you're if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with this book, I've got the PDF in front of me. It's 139 pages, right? And this isn't a picture book, right? I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in here, right? So yeah. Um, so Colin, tell us, you know, maybe uh, obviously we know about the performance stuff. Can you tell us about maybe two or three other changes that you think people should know about, and maybe pick like one that you think would you know would potentially be a problem for people's projects that they should be aware of? in terms of bringing old code up to PHP 7? Sure. So one of my favorite new features has to do with type hints. So in your method parameters, you can say not only does this method accept a class or an array, you can also use scalar things like integers and strings and say my function only takes a string, just pass me that. In addition, you can also define return types on your functions and say my function will always return a string or my function will always return a response object. So that's probably my favorite feature. Um, Another really cool feature, I would say, is the combined comparison operator, or the spaceship operator. And that makes it really easy if you need to compare values, especially if you want to sort arrays. And you can do really powerful stuff with that, too. You can sort arrays by one thing first, and then a second thing second. It's really cool stuff. Hmm. The one thing I think might trip people up is the uniform variable syntax. So in PHP 5, when you had really complex expressions, like if you needed to reference an object and then call a method and get an array value out, when PHP parsed it, it would parse it from right to left. However, in PHP 7, things are now parsed left to right, as you'd expect them to be. Um, But if you're using any type of what's called variable-variable syntax, so if you're saying, if you have like a double dollar sign in there, or if you have a function and then an arrow and then... Instead of putting, you know, B-A-R, you want the bar property. You put dollar sign bar, I want the property given by the variable bar. If you're doing things like that, where you have these complex expressions, they may be parsed differently in PHP 7. Okay. So how would somebody know if that's a problem? How how do they find that out? Um, If you happen to check out the book, um, I do have a lot of examples in there. Okay. Um, on how to do that. You could also take your code if you want to pop it into a website like 3v4l.com or something. Okay. It lets you run PHP code in the cloud, so you can just pop it in there and see what the output is. It'll tell you what the output is in PHP 7 versus 5. And that's probably one of the easiest ways to check. Okay. Another thing to watch out for are the deprecations and removals. So in PHP 5.6, several things were deprecated, and that also goes for previous versions leading up to 5.6. Everything that was deprecated as of 5.6 has been completely removed in PHP 7. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's quite a bit of stuff. Most of it you probably aren't using if you're using best practices, things like the old MySQL extension 
Um, hopefully you're using PDO or MySQL I. But if you're not sure, the best way to check for that is to run your code in PHP 5.6 and look to see if you get any deprecation errors. If you see any, there's a good chance that your code is using something that no longer exists in PHP 7, and so you'll need to take a look at that and fix that. Okay, awesome. And is there is there a list of these different things to look out for if somebody just wants to do a kind of a quick skim, like you mentioned MySQL versus MySQL I? Do you have a list of these in your book somewhere? I do. I have about 20 pages dedicated to the deprecations and removals, including these. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's pretty exhaustive. Awesome. Well, uh, Colin, I appreciate you being on our show today. And uh, I also think that this guide is pretty awesome. Again, the name of the book is PHP 7 Upgrade Guide. And what was the URL one more time for the book? PHP7book.com or leanpub.com slash PHP7. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's a great resource. I mean, for anybody who's going to be upgrading, uh, I think I think it's 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 a must read. So thanks again for being on the show. And thanks again for the for the book. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Colin, for joining us. And up next, we have uh, the new Laravel 5.2 kind of tweets that uh, Taylor has been dropping with uh, with new features. Have you have you checked check out all those, Jack? I have. I've been watching the tweets a little bit and uh, I feel like uh, there's some really cool stuff coming now uh, officially 5.2 is not out yet uh, in fact i just heard on the uh, the official layer of Elf podcast uh, he's saying a timeline of like another couple of weeks so Probably january right now when we're recording this it's kind of like middle of december so maybe by the end of the year maybe first part of next year uh, first well not first part of next year but you know first couple of weeks of next year um so this isn't exhaustive but one of the things that you know was tweeted out this week was uh some stuff about middleware groups allowing you to group uh, middleware to routes. And uh, there was a couple other things there. He, this I thought was interesting. Uh, he tweeted at one point that without changing the version of PHP, right? Today, the big thing is seven. Without changing your version of PHP, he says Laravel 5.2 is about 25% faster than Laravel 5.1. Did you see that tweet though? That was really interesting to me because that's not saying PHP 7 made it faster. This is like, hey, I, I optimized it and it's faster now. And then on top of that, of course, PHP uh, 7 is supposed to make it like twice as fast. So um, so that was kind of neat. He also said that uh, 5.2 is going to have multiple auth, multiple authentication providers and backend providers per app. So those are a couple of neat things I saw. Did you did you see anything else? I think that kind of covers the list that we've got, right? right yeah. No, um, that, that kind of covers everything I've seen too. I'm, I'm kind of excited, you know, waiting okay. on Laravel 5.2. I was trying to remember when 5.0 released, and I believe it was in January of 2015. It was... You know, it was kind of delayed out for that through December and into January. Yeah. So I imagine that's probably the release schedule he's trying to shoot for somewhere around the same time as that. I remember that because I was just starting with Laravel right around that time. It was when 4 something was out. And actually, I, do you remember, Eric? It was going to be like Laravel 4.5 or something. Oh, yeah. And then it kind of got changed to to 5.0. And, and if I remember correctly, the waiting wasn't because of Taylor. At that point, he was kind of like saying, you know, if I'm going to release this, and we're using Symphony components, we might as well wait until Symphony kind of rounds up to the next number before we release, right? right. So might be the same thing here in that we may, maybe he's just waiting for some point release to kind of come out. Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing there is Symphony, I think, just released version three, right? Right. And all of this stuff right now is based on the version two series. So I wonder what, you know, I wonder what that means in terms of, you know, in terms of Taylor's world and what he has to update and when when do those changes get rolled in? Like I would imagine... That's probably like a Laravel 6.0 kind of a change would be my thought for for that. So, but I know the Symphony folks will continue to upgrade the old branch, and that's that's what we're waiting on. So, 
It looks like uh, through Composer, um, Laravel 5.2 is supporting Symphony 3, 3.0 already. So, Oh my gosh, yeah. really? Wow. Okay, well then I don't, maybe there's like 3.01 that he's waiting for. My personal opinion, I think he's waiting because right now it's so close to the holidays, you don't want to release it and then be off for two weeks and have, you know, all these reports and everything like that so if you wait you know if you wait another two weeks then you can catch it after the holidays and everything's just easier on the on the maintainers that that makes good sense that makes good sense yeah i had always thought that there was like a technical reason for it but you're right if you want to spend some time with your family and you're going to be driving to visit relatives and stuff like that that's probably not the time you want twitter exploding with people you know talking about it and you're not able to reply quickly and things like that so that was pretty neat now um outside of laravel 5.2 Another tweet that we saw from Taylor this week is that Let's Encrypt, which is that free encryption service, Forge has built-in support for Let's Encrypt. And this also includes, because Let's Encrypt, uh, remember the caveat, Eric, was that these certificates are only good for like 90 days. Right, yeah. Right? So to make this practical, you have to kind of auto-renew them. And uh, and that's now built into uh, Laravel Forge. Yeah. So if you're a Forge user, the, the Let's Encrypt uh, is something that you can use. I haven't tried it yet. I'd, I'd like to. But uh, the other thing I'd like to try, and I don't know if it's possible, but I wonder is, is Let's Encrypt, I wonder if they do like wildcard certificates or not, or if it's strictly... I don't think they do wildcards yet because I think that was okay. the one stipulation. But a funny story, I'm actually mad about that because I renewed Laravel News' SSL like the Thursday before and oh, Friday wow. I went to update it and I just screwed up all this stuff. So then uh, <laughs> so so then I, I asked on, you know, in the in the the slack room and got some help to fix my mistakes that i made on upgrading oh no but uh so anyway so i'm mad that i, I renewed right before this this launch because i could have just switched over to it how much did you pay for the cert uh i don't think it was that expensive like 30 bucks for three years okay Maybe, it might have been more than that but there was a time you know back in the old days when certificates were incredibly difficult oh, yeah. to get and extremely expensive, you know, so... Well, you remember domains used to be that way, too. You'd spend, like, 100 bucks on a .com way back in the gosh. in the 90s. You know, the funny thing is, is, like, when I registered, you know, so my last name, Fru, uh, I have Fru.com and Fru.net. When I registered those, I don't remember the price being a problem. But what I do remember, do you remember the ASCII email forms? No. It was, like, the worst thing ever. Like, in order to register a domain back in the, like, I want to say mid-90s, you there was it was network solutions that was it there was no no one else to go to and you had to create like an administrative record but in order to do that like you would get like i think they would email you a like a template like it was essentially ascii right and you would you were supposed to go into the ascii and edit the parts and put in your name in these certain parts and then i think you emailed that back or you you put it in a form or whatever but like they must have had some kind of like complex parser that would try to figure out what fields were what like like it wasn't like the funny thing is, is it was, I don't know that it was that hard back then even to have a simple web form that you'd fill out. But no, 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 it wasn't like that. It was like this whole email weird thing. And you had to have these multiple things and then they had to be related because there's a relation between it. Right. So you, you kind of understand like, you know, I don't know if you had to, but relational databases, you could you could see it in your head. Like this is what they're doing behind the scenes. So you had to have this just right. And then that's just right. And then you could do the domain thing. And like, oh, it was it was a pain. So, yeah, I don't. My remember my my memory of that is not the ninety nine dollars. It's the pain and suffering <laughs> I had to go through to get the thing to work. You know, so that's great. Um, yes, yeah. So, so, so definitely try that out. I'm, I'm I'll probably try it out on my next app I launch or my next uh, site that I build. So I'm I'm excited yeah. for that. 
And then the other interesting thing, Eric, I thought was, you know, the, this business about the 90 days, uh, you know, I, I read on their website because they said, you know, we thought about this 90 day thing and we were kind of doing it on purpose. We're doing it because we think that you should be renewing these things more often. And that, that having a certificate that sits around for a year or two, because some people renew them for two years at a time, uh, is, is not a good security practice. So we're going to try to enforce that by making Let's Encrypt only work uh, for 90 days at a time. So kind of one of these beliefs that they have that, you know, that they're going to try to, I don't know, force on the public is the right word, but, you know, push down to the public. Yeah, so Let's Encrypt is an awesome service, and uh, Eric and I both are looking forward to using it, and you should check it out. And next up in the news, we have uh, Mike Bronner created a new app called LaraVer.xyz. And what it does is allow you to keep up with changes within the Laravel framework, and it'll it'll auto actually email you or uh, send you notifications on any changes. You can go back through and and you know basically all the changes are annotated, so you can actually get more context to why certain changes and th- and stuff has happened. You know, Eric, I was just going to say, man, wouldn't it be great if we could get Mike on the show? Yeah. Like, how can we make that happen? Do you have some kind of magic wand you can wave to make this happen? So we have Mike on the show with us today. And oh my God, that was so quick. And, uh, hey, good morning. So Mike, yes, how are you doing? Great. Honored to be here. Thanks very much. Yes, sir. So uh, you want to give us a quick overview of the app, of anything I missed or uh, explaining it? Well, you know, you covered pretty much everything. Uh, it gives you a rundown of the latest changes. It tries to keep up, keep up with the versions. Every minute it'll go out and check for a new version, pull in the diffs, and then it's up to the community and me to add the change logs so that others can view them as well. And over time, then, the idea was to help learn the framework from the inside out and, you know, get to be better at Laravel. Awesome. That's awesome, Mike. Tell me that now I was on your website the other day. It looks like you have a couple of offerings. One of them is free and one of them is is quite frankly, it was nearly free. I think uh, unless the price changes, I think it was like $2 or something, right? So what's uh, what's the difference between those offerings and, and what can people sign up for and what would they get for those signups? Right. So the free one is basically uh, gives you full access to the site. There's no restriction on content. There's no paywall or anything like that. The paid one uh, gives you a little bit of a benefit and then it'll notify you as soon as a new version comes out. Okay. So it'll send you either Apple desktop notifications, SMS, or email. And you can specify if you want the notification on the major version, on the minor version, or on the patch version. So you can get really granular on how you get notified. Okay. So a couple of bucks, you get notified. And then for free, people can just visit the website and see what kind of changes are out there. And right. then it sounds like you said there was some kind of polling interval. So are you just looking at GitHub on a regular basis to kind of see when changes show up? So what I do is I actually clone the Laravel framework every okay. 60 seconds, and it'll then pull down any diffs, and then I run all my processing locally. Hmm, okay. Interesting. So I don't I don't use the Git API at all. Wow. But you're pulling it down, or you're, uh, you're cloning it once every minute. GitHub's probably going to love you for that. Well, it checks. If there's no changes, it doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's only, yeah. it, it can tell if it changes and then pulls it down. Pretty neat. And uh, how long has it been public now? This has been maybe a week? Yeah, a week and a half, a week, something like that. Okay. You getting any uh, any interest in it so far? How's it how's it looking so far? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I mean, I got a lot of signups uh, for the free account, obviously, and then some people are signing up for the paid one because uh, the, the feedback I'm getting is that just like me, they like seeing that, and uh, yeah, they want to support that. That's great. I feel I, like sometimes you know there's there are there are nice people out there, and if you're one of them and you're listening, we, we appreciate this. Absolutely, uh, there's people out there sometimes that will just chip in a couple of bucks, even if they don't need it, because it, hey, it's a good cause. 
couple bucks I can part with, you know, that kind of thing. Right. You know, Eric, you mentioned that last week about a book author, a guy was giving away his book and you were like, oh, I'd give the guy 10 bucks, right? It's a, it's a, you know, I, I think that people like that really help open source, I think quite a bit because uh, it helps this kind of stuff kind of be able to survive. And Mike, you're an awesome guy. I've seen some of your other posts. I mean, you're obviously a community guy, true and true, yet of course, running a service like this does have some cost, right? So if you can get, you know, heck, even if you get 25 bucks a month out of the thing that pays for your hosting costs and at least makes it a break even so that you're not uh, taking money out of your kid's college fund to <laughs> help other people learn about Laravel changes, right? So Yeah, right. Yeah, the impetus was not to make money on this, more to go through the experience and maybe recoup some costs. Yeah, so it's it's been a great journey and adventure and I'm learning a lot from it. And thanks everybody awesome. that has uh, helped me out and give feedback and all that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I really like, um, I think my favorite part is the, uh, the change log that's generated. Um, you know, I, I think I emailed you one a feature request or something that you implemented, but but you know, just seeing everything right there, but you know, for each little minor version is, is really nice to to have. It is, and I think what's interesting to me is that I feel like as great as the Laravel documentation is, it is kind of a hard framework to stay up on. I feel like right now we get some tidbits through the official Laravel podcast, we get some through Twitter, right? We get a few things on the website, but sometimes not everything, right? So I think a service like this is really helpful to kind of take and actually look at changes at the code level and be like, hey, this is what's going on. So I, I think I'm going to make use of this. I think this, this looks like a, a very handy tool. Thank you. So, Mike, um, as long as we've got you on the show, you've also got another website that you've done some Laravel stuff. And if I remember, like, I don't even know if your name is on this website. So can you give us some backstory behind it? Like, is it is it something you do with somebody else or is it strictly yours? And, and maybe tell people... Uh, a little bit about you know how that site came to be and what kind of things they can find there. Right. So the other site is called forlaravel.com. And it's my attempt to log the challenges that I come across and how I solve them. A lot of it right now is like sysops kind of stuff because there are a lot of Laravel tutorials. Jeffrey Way just covers the gamut on everything there. He's great. Um, so I try to cover some sysops things that I run into that might not be covered by a Phi developer or that I haven't seen him cover in the same way I'm working on. So that's been, yeah, basically my, you know, you know how it happens when you uh, Google something and you find a previous blog post of yours a year from now? I've actually had that happen. Yes. Yeah. At work. Yeah. that That's what this is for me. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So it's a little bit of a knowledge bank. I, I do. I do want to uh, recommend what Jack said and uh, put your name on it because I was trying to find it the, uh, a week ago <laughs> and I could not find it for anything. I, I don't know. You know, it was like I went to to your GitHub and I couldn't find the link to it. And I was like, yeah. where is this site? And eventually, I came back across it. And for those listening, is it is it F O R Laravel yes. or is it the number four? It's F O R. So it's F O R Laravel dot com. Right. Right. Okay. And then this, what was the URL for this new service you have that watches the Laravel releases? It's Laravel, L-A-R-A-V-E-R dot X-Y-Z. Dot X-Y-Z. The X-Y-Z is the version numbers. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. So you went with X-Y-Z instead of dot com just because of the version numbers. Right. Are the X-Y-Z domains, uh, are they any cheaper? I haven't, I don't think I've ever registered one, so I don't. I think I don't they're, they're about the same price, 15 bucks. Okay. So it wasn't like a free thing versus a, you know paid thing is just xyz for the version that's kind of neat actually i wouldn't have thought of that that's cool you heard it here first folks <laughs> <laughs> ian landsman had just uh, talked about it on his other podcast you know that the xyz 
top level domain was out and he was thinking of buying something and then he bought what was it anything but code xyz yeah. is that right yeah that's right yeah and and so then i thought hey that's a great idea i'll use that yeah oh, that's awesome Okay, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on board of the show and talking about this. And, and, and I, more than anything, I think we appreciate your contributions to the community. They'll definitely benefit me, and I'm sure they'll benefit uh, every single one of our listeners as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. So many other people have helped me out, and I just feel like I need to give something back. And I want to be part of the community as well. And it's great. I just love this community. I feel like you're doing a great job. For sure. Thank you. All right, guys. All, All right. right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, Mike. Hey, thank you. So, Eric, what else do we have in the news this week? So next up, we have uh, a new game called Flexbox Froggy, um, which uh, attempts to teach you Flexbox, the CSS Flexbox. And, Jack, you went through it, right? I did, actually. Yeah, it, it actually didn't take very long. You know, it, it probably took a little longer than I thought it would, maybe 30, 45 minutes, something like that. But you go through uh, like 20 different exercises. And what it is is there are these frogs on like a pond with like lily pads and you have to type in the appropriate CSS to make the frogs go on top of the lily pads and they're color coded. So there's like a red frog and a green frog and a yellow frog and there's different color lily pads. So you have to do things like reverse the order of them or set them horizontal or vertical or whatever. Uh, I thought it was a pretty neat way of showing somebody real time, like what is Flexbox and what can it do? Uh, it was a little bit difficult. And quite frankly, I think I had to Google the answer for the last one. It was one of these things where like the last one was like this horrible combination of like everything. The the good news is, is the 80-20 rule tells me that I learned everything I need to know about Flexbox for day-to-day use in probably like the first three slides. Right. right? And then and then you know, yeah, there was a pretty weird edge case at the end. But if you if you're like me and you couldn't figure it out right away, I'm not gonna lose any sleep about that at all. And I don't think you should either, right? Uh yeah, it was neat. I think I, I recommend uh, checking it out. Flexboxfroggy.com. Say that five times fast. Yeah, for real. Flexbox Froggy, <laughs> yeah. And then in other news, uh, you know, JetBrains, not content to just merely copy Adobe's licensing model, has now also apparently copied Adobe's icons. Uh, <laughs> did you see the new website? I did, yeah. Um, uh, I, see, I seen the outrage on Twitter. They're like, the, the PS look, just looks, looks just like Photoshop. <laughs> it does, yeah. So, so um, PHP Storm, the icon now is a letter P and an S. You could argue, I think I saw somebody say that they're kind of modeled after the periodic table of elements uh, as opposed to the Photoshop stuff. But yeah, they've got this kind of new look going and I'm probably old school. So I'm probably like kind of more comfortable with the old look that they had. Like I was fine with that. But, you know, I understand the need to update your brand every once in a while. And that's what they did. So, you know, the software is the same software. It'll be interesting to see how many PHP Storm users that also have Photoshop in their dock uh, confuse the two from time to time. Apparently they're they're quite similar. So I think that's all the news we have. So thanks for Mike and Colin for joining us this week. So the holidays are coming up. And as the at the time this uh, episode publishes, the, the last newsletter will be my last one for the year. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the rest of the year off from Blairville News and basically all my side projects. And that way I can just kind of kind of regroup and replan for next year. So with that, I guess we will not be recording another one until when, Jack? Yeah, Eric. So the next episode that we put out should be on the 12th of January. And if you've noticed uh, as a listener, we come out every other week on Tuesday. It's been our release schedule and we've been pretty good with that. I think every Tuesday we've had one. Uh, So the Tuesday that's going to get skipped will be Tuesday, the 29th of December. We won't, we won't record that one and we won't air it. And then the next one will naturally fall in line on the 12th. And then we should pick up from there. Things should be uh, back to normal. Yeah, sounds good. Yes. And um, it's hard to believe we've got six 
six done at the end of this year. It's crazy. I know. I know. So, uh, you know, personally for myself, I just want to thank everybody who has listened to the podcast. Uh, a special thanks to anybody who's taken the time to give us a review on iTunes. They always say that's really important. And plus, I know it makes me and Eric feel really good. Uh, Eric, you know, do you have any uh, anything you want to say about the end of the year? Nope. If uh, if you, you know, have any ideas or want us to cover anything for next year, just uh, shoot us over an email or, um, you know, contact us and we will be happy to consider it. Sounds great. And what was the email address again? It's uh, podcast at laravel-news.com. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and then you can find Eric and uh, myself on Twitter, right? Eric is uh, right. Eric L. Barnes, right. right? And then I'm Jack Frew. And we should probably spell that for people who don't know, right? So it's E-R-I-C-L-B-A-R-N-E-S. I got that right? Mm-hmm. Look at this been doing this for like two weeks and i've already memorized eric's uh twitter account and then mine is j-a-c-k-f-r-u-h so at jack frew on twitter so once again thanks everybody for listening to uh our, our effort this year and we look forward to coming back next year and bringing you the news on a regular basis and uh you know thanks for giving us the time that's right have a have a wonderful end of your year this concludes this episode of the laravel news podcast if you like the show please rate it five stars on itunes if you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.